Welcome to another amazing episode of Real Love Stories. Awesome. Uh, yep. Good place for entrepreneurship. <laughs> Definitely. Where are y'all? Um, we are in Indianapolis, Indiana, technically Carmel, Westfield, if that means anything to you, but if it doesn't, that's okay. No. Suburb. Sub okay. Sub suburb of, of Indy. So yeah. Yeah. Um, good place to live. Good place to uh, good cost of living, good place to live a fam raise a family. Um, yeah. So yeah. Got two little um seven-year-old rugrats. Go to, <laughs> go to Greece for three weeks, come back with souvenir. It's like holy yep. shit, life changes type of thing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Heck yeah. How long y'all been out there? Uh I mean we've been in Indiana. I've been here most of my life. Um but in like the Carmel Westfield area, we've been here since we got married. It's about 12 years, almost 13 mm. years. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Well, That's thank good. you all for uh, jumping on. And yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm, you know, I love, I have a hate love relationship with social media. I don't say that. Mm. I don't use the word hate very much in my life, but um, I love the way it can find amazing people, amazing people doing things like you. So it's, mm. it's way cool. Thank you. Yeah, and I do too. I actually, I know you connected on Facebook. I haven't been using Facebook much almost at all um, up until like recently I'll post here and there on it. So it's it, most of what I do is on Instagram or TikTok. And so it's it was cool that we got connected through that. I got that hunch to post it on Facebook too. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, I like Instagram quite a bit better myself as well. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so do y'all you, you know much about the show? Um, um, so I looked through a little bit of your episodes and so forth, but I don't, I don't really, I didn't, I didn't really have time to listen to one before. Um, so I apologize. No, that, you know, that's all good. Um, the, yeah, the show is called real love stories. And basically I realized as I'm a love coach for five years and have been in the personal development industry for a decade and realizing that there, a lot of people didn't have healthy examples of what, uh, like healthy relationship examples in their life, like tangible they were just hearing stuff from social media and i'm like why isn't there a show that is interviewing people who've been there and are like doing it um and i was like wow there's nothing like that so i was like okay well then i'm gonna create something like that and that's what we're doing and and i've had my podcast for the five years that i've been a coach and the episodes i, I dabbled in this right in 2020 but i was I was going through a bunch personally because you know covid and everything else so Right. Um, I looked back at the metrics recently and was like, those episodes were the ones that did the best out of hundreds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I was interviewing experts and, and stuff like that before. And I was just like, dang, we got to, I just got to double down on this. So that's here I am. And the whole premise oh. is to, is to really highlight um, that you can have a passionate, longstanding, healthy relationship. Um, what? So, no. You know, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank y'all for, for we don't have no we don't have no passion. No passion. <laughs> well, there it is right there. Um yeah. so it's a very candid conversation. I mean, I'm I'm really just gonna be asking about your story. Um, there'll be opportunity for you to share about um, you know, any advice that you have. And then towards the end, I ask uh I, I pull my audience for questions they would ask um somebody in your situation, and so I'll ask a few of those questions as well. Um, 
we'll be going through any of the rough times and how you made it through and also the good times and what led up to that. So just to give you an idea of where we're going. Yeah. Um, well, good. Yeah. Anything that, any other questions for me? No, no, we're, we're we don't have trouble talking. So yeah, it'll be That's good. good. <laughs> That's good. Awesome. Well, we're here. So how'd y'all meet? So, um, you know, <laughs> I was at a, I was in a corporate gig um, before I left off into entrepreneurship myself. And um, I interviewed her for a job. She was supposed to sit with like seven or eight other people. I wasn't like the deciding vote, but um, instead of sitting with all those people, we ended up talking to each other for like, I don't know how long. About 45 minutes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so we didn't actually start dating right after that. I did get the job. Um, nice. But we did not start dating after that. By the time I got into that role, just because of transition time, he was in another role and I was bummed. Um, I didn't really know anything about him other than his name and that we had a connection. And so through the face of his other job, um, I had to, he was now in a training role. And for my job, I had to take all the training classes. And so he became my trainer and he goes, Hey, guess what? There's going to be a trainer role available. Would you like to interview? So he interviewed me a second time. <laughs> and that is, that's really what I think uh, launched our relationship. We just really, we talked a lot through the interview process. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting experience to be interviewed twice. <laughs> was that just your opportunity you saw, you saw an opening? Okay. <laughs> Apparently that was our, yeah. <laughs> our uh, prerequisite to the beginning of a first date. Um, but then we really connected by doing, we had a local life coaching kind of seminar here in Indianapolis where it's a multi-level program, like level one, two, and three. And um, I did level one and two on my own and I enrolled him to do level one and two. And then we did the third level together. And it's really all about kind of breaking down your fears and limitations and um, kind of getting to the nitty gritty and then building yourself back up to what it is you want for your future in your life. And that's where I think we cemented our relationship. You know, kind of did the inner work together and, yeah. and you, you know, I think it was a little uncommon how you basically interviewed each other before you started dating <laughs> quite literally <laughs> yes that's awesome yeah. when well i mean so how did you know because that's how like how y'all got together but like when did you when were you like oh wow there's something here or piqued your interest or did you just know you know it's, it's always i think a hindsight kind of thing i think you you know being an intuitive spiritual person as well I, there's you have the ability to listen to yourself or see signs right so looking back it felt like yeah that was probably more there I probably had well I don't know I should speak for myself I had a little more gun shy just because I had a serious relationship um I, I was married for a very short time before and it turned out to be everything I didn't want it to be and so this relationship I you know I put myself through a lot of self-work and so this relationship manifested into everything I wanted it to be um, mm -hmm. and um, I give that credit to the fact that you know I fundamentally changed what I was what I was attracting but um, hindsight I think did you know I think that I knew when we interviewed there was a connection um, there was something there something that I hadn't experienced in people I you know dated before I was not a serial dater I was not someone who is you know 
out all the time dating tons of people, but um, I was picky. I, I wouldn't say picky, but I was um, particular, you know, when I wanted to go out with somebody, I wanted to make sure I was trading yeah. my time for something that really felt like I was going to um, enjoy what I was doing. But there was just something there. He was my very first text message. And it, you know, um, it, that dates us a little bit. But, um, but it was really, yeah. it was really just that connection, that spark. And it brought something out of me that obviously was not really lit up or alive before. Mm. And I think that's so you felt like I there knew. was a difference yeah. in you and how yeah. you felt. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So was, go ahead. I said it was very cool. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So from my understanding, y'all have, um, you know, I know Neil, you, you uh, shared a little bit before we started recording that y'all have cultural differences. You have twins together that you've been through losses in the family, chronic illness, career changes. Um, how did you get through all of that? And I guess if you just want to kind of share a little bit of that journey and that story, because there's a lot there. It is a lot. And, you know, it, that's the funny thing about when, when um, there's just an ease and a grace that we, that we go through life with, you know, yeah. and it's not that we don't have any, any challenges, but it, you, you say it and it sounds like a lot, but in the same, by the same token, it doesn't feel like a lot. Right. It, it, and, um, you know, I'm trying to just deep dig down deep and see where that comes from. But it's, we, and there's just a, such a resiliency. Um, I think there's a resiliency. There's a, a, an allowance for each of us to be our, our own selves. You know, there's also a support system for the changes that we're going through and that, you know, no one phase of your human experience defines you. So it's like, we don't like hold each other to, oh, this is your opinion. This is where you're at. This is how you're feeling. So this is what light, what, who you are to me in, in that moment, right? Because you're right. I mean, we've, the journey has looked, I was in corporate, she was in a training job. We were both in training jobs. And then I said to her, why don't you get into project management? Because I saw her personality and I'm, I'm much more strategic vision. And she's like somebody who can really just get shit done, you know, mm -hmm. fast, like nobody I've met before. Really that. Yeah. Um, and so it was a good compliment and she didn't really know anything about it. And so she w went to a different company. And um, for after that, then we hit a phase in her family where her dad died of cancer and her brother um, committed suicide, you know, in a year's time. Mm. And we had to really, really support her mother. Um, and we went on a lot of trips. We went on a lot of trips with her mm. mother. We were a traveling couple. I think that's one thing that differentiates us as well is that we really seek um, experience um, over a lot of other things in life. And, mm. and we've gotten lost along the way. Um, but as a quick overview, you know, um, so there was that. And then I was dealing with something that I had dealt with since I was, you know, I left medical school. Well, um, I want to stop you there because that, that is a the big thing, like going through grief and loss. Um, mm -hmm. How I know there's people listening that are probably in that situation or have been in that situation. How did you, Neil, like comfort her first off? And how did y'all, because then you had to also comfort your mom, Brandy, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, what was that process like? Um, and, you know, I, I am sure that wasn't easy. 
it, it, was, it wasn't easy. And I'll just comment first and I'll let her. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was tremendously challenging because she's a really, really outgoing person and very sunshiny, very bubbly, very, she has, she constructs her own narrative that says life is great and it is great, you know, um, mm -hmm. and because of that. And so it was really, you know, like the song says like, you know, her tears like diamonds on the floor, you know, it's like, I, I felt at a complete loss, um, but I just knew, you know, even though my parental structure and my relationship, um, you know, the way I learned relationships was so horrible. You know, I grew up in a house that was very emotionally and mental and physically challenging. Um, I just, I spent my life devoted towards, you know, how do I, how can I have a better relationship? So I just, I surrounded her with outlets to just be herself and to go through the process and to support her, but never let her feel like she was alone. Mm -hmm. That's huge. But I think more importantly, you were patient. He was just so patient because it's not, you know, there'd be weeks where you're completely broken down and struggling. And then there's other weeks where you're just, you know, life kind of feels like, Hey, you're, you're getting some, you're getting ahead a little bit. And um, losing my dad was hard enough. Um, and then with, it was just about a year later, you know, we, we got a call from the sheriff um, mm -hmm. and yeah, you know, my oldest brother decided that the pain experience on earth was greater than he could, could take. And um, I felt like we started all over again. Mm -hmm. And that was the hard, that was hard. That moment, mm -hmm. it just was hard because you know, we finally started making ground with my mom. We finally started feeling like life was moving forward. And then it just, you got dealt a huge blow, um, losing a brother, my mom losing a son. Um, and, you know, you felt like your family of five just shrunk down to a family of three. It was just weird. Um, and so, yeah, it was just tough. But that one, I feel like there was more, um, just a little more grace and, and, and patience with me, you know, especially because they were totally different. One was illness. You can reconcile in your head and you can process it differently. One is suicide and there's a stigma on top of it. There's, um, you know, there's a lot of interesting things that come with, with that, you know, you don't really know what's going on inside someone. And, you know, you feel a lot of guilt for not recognizing you feel, um, frustrated that you know they've never reached out for help um then you feel like oh maybe it's I could have done something different um at the end of the day I decided I, I couldn't judge him for what he did because quite frankly if he if he felt his pain was so significant on earth um maybe he was feeling you know he knew that the other side was going to be free mm -hmm. and I couldn't judge someone for wanting to feel free and I think when I started reconciling that, it really helped move things forward. And we focused a lot on my mom at that point. We did focus a lot on her. And one thing that just I, I'm reminded of, and I think that it's, it's such a, an important relationship skill, is, is that, you know, people, I think people tend to get like emotionally constipated when somebody else is feeling off and they don't know what to do and 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 they act like they don't know what to do but part of it is just pretending pretending like you know pretend you know stop pretending that you don't know and, and just put your not put yourself in that situation but just like 
um, when people have that kind of emotional trauma in their lives, it's like go into action and, and support them and start pretending like, okay, you do know what is the next step. And it's almost like taking care of a sick person. You know, when a person is sick, they don't want to drink water. They don't want to get up. They don't want to move around, but you are there anyways. And, and, and you're there, you're like, you, you got to get up, open the curtains. All right, we're going to put on music, you know? And I, I had a texting relationship with her mom that was like a teenager, you know, because I would text her all the time. I would go, Get, put your stuff in a suitcase. We're coming to get you this weekend. And we would have her sleep over for, and we did that for almost a year, you know, but I didn't give, I didn't give her a choice. I was just like, this is what you need next. Right. Yeah. Kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Like you put a plate of food in front of somebody who's ill. And I think having him help with my mom so much took some of the pressure off me. So then I could still heal, still be there for her, still work, um, you know, and manage and manage life. Um, and so, and then reconcile, the different losses because they are different i think a father and a brother are very different in, in how they feel and how you process and so um thankfully we we are several years you know past that it still stings um of course but the healing does come it just comes in different ways and you know there's there's no there's no right or wrong that's the beauty of it in my opinion there's there's no right or wrong way to to heal there's no right or wrong way to grieve it's just you gotta let your heart start to open back up and and that's what I needed yeah especially you know? with the grieving process and like how y'all you know just stayed it stayed in it together and you know being patient you know and, and like you said like not putting your hands up going oh I don't know what to do I don't know how to help and actually being proactive it, it's super huge yeah I yeah. think that was a challenging process for me and one thing that we work on and continue to work on as a couple is that you know you get hurt and you shut your heart down, right? And her heart was shutting down and I'm just like, you're not the same, right? Yeah, it's, it's changing you. And um, me also being patient with that process, that's, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to be patient on the other side when you want something else, when you want something different. Mm -hmm. What got you to that level of commitment to each other? Or was this kind of like the first big thing that happened? Or was there other stuff? I mean, technically, yeah, it would be the first big thing that happened. I would say when we went into, um, it's kind of funny. So when we went into the idea of, be, you know, getting married, um, he didn't want to get married again. And I did. I want to be, I wanted to be married. And so he and I had a pretty big talk and he's like, I just, I want to be committed. I want to be committed to you that every day I choose you. And that doesn't mean marriage to me. And so I finally reconciled. A lot of that, you know, and that's, as a woman, I think, you know, there's this whole idea that you should be married and you need to have a house and write all of those things. So finally, I decided that, okay, okay, I can be committed. And I, you know, told him I'm going to buy just a small, simple band just to symbolize that we're committed and all of that. But um, sure, we don't need to be married. We can just be together. And lo and behold, like two months later, he ends up proposing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like while we're here, might as well. Yes, um, <laughs> But through that, we really discussed what commitment meant to us. And for us, it is we are committed whatever it takes. And that doesn't mean we're committed whatever it takes until this happens, or we're committed whatever it takes unless one of us does this. It's literally we are in the relationship, good, bad, and ugly, whatever it takes. There's no back door. There's no exit sign. There's no possibility for those those holes to be drilled into our relationship. So as long as the two of us maintain that level of commitment, mm 
then those external kind of forces are not existent in our relationship. Yeah. I think, I think it's also like, you know, it's a high level, a high level of people have a high expectation and low commitment. They're like, I'm going to, I'm, I want you to do this. And I want you to be oh, like yeah. this in the relationship. And I want you to be like this and I'll trust you until, and all those things. And we're really committed to the, to committed to a loving relationship, but we have low expectations about what it looks like because in different seasons of the relationship in your life, it's going to show up in many different ways. And sometimes it's not going to feel so loving, or sometimes you're going to have to give all the love and the person's going to have to be taking for months, maybe for years, right? Um, because they're in a different, in a different place than you are. And um, having yeah. that level of understanding and con connectivity, I think is huge. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, and then having that conversation, I think is really what helped y'all get through that time specifically. And, and, and I know I interrupted before you think you were talking about um, something else that happened after that. Oh, it's, it's okay. Uh, the yeah. One other thing that, that you just spurred before I'll say that is that okay. one of the things that we found, and we've had a lot of other couples come to us, single people that come to us and like say, how are you doing this? You know, your relationship is great or your relationship is enviable. And the funny thing that kind of still baffles us and we're not perfect at it. We have areas where we're still working at communicating better, but it's just like, how many people just don't have the damn conversation, you know, about stuff. It's just like, we wanted a house. We were like, okay, what do we want it to feel? What, what how, if we're going to be parents, what, how do we want to be parents? What are our hopes, dreams, and fears? It's just like, we communicate. But we also asked each other, we questioned, and we actually challenged each other, why? Mm -hmm. Why is being married so important? What is it about being married that really means something to you? Yeah. Why do you want to be a parent? Why, what is it about it? Because I think what we were discovering about ourselves is that the idea may have been planted from society, but there was deeper reasons why. And once you could express that, it really let the other person understand. And so for, you know, we'll be honest, in the very beginning, we, we weren't sure we wanted to be parents. Uh, we were okay with our life. We loved it. It was pretty frank. <laughs> I'm not gonna and then it happened. Um, then grease happened, and <laughs> uh, we came home with a, a a gift you can never return. But you know, I think that those conversations it forced, especially me. Like I grew up in a house where you didn't necessarily talk everything through. My parents were very; they had a very very good relationship. Married 35 years before my dad died. And, but I never saw them fight. I never saw them disagree. And so I had a hard time learning how to have hard conversations. Mm -hmm. And that has followed me into my adulthood. And it was just, it was really through him where I'm, I'm learning and I'm still learning. And there's days I still revert back to my, you know, 11 year old self standing there, like, you know, or my going on a, you know, being in a relationship for the first time and they don't like something. And I sit there like a scolded girl, or I sit with like, it's like sitting on the bed with your purse in your lap, you know, not sure what to do. And you're just going to wait until someone gives you a cue. So I had to start breaking these habits that were formed in me from what I was seeing in my childhood. But I think we were asking and challenging each other. Why? So why was it so important for him not to be married? What was it about that? And then for me, why did I want to be married? What was important about the definition of marriage? And I think that also allowed us to define what it is that we wanted in our life. And we've done that for a lot of things, uh, pretty much everything we've manifested. Um, and, and once you relieve that tension between 
what you're both are holding on to it's amazing then that then what really manifests whether you get married or don't get married it's sort of doesn't make a difference right it doesn't make a difference it's, yeah. it's amazing how relieving that tension because one person is pulling the other one is pushing and so um yeah but um uh moving on to what happened next you know um I was in a I was in a relationship where before where everything wasn't the way I wanted and it, it if I which we don't have time here to explain what it was like it was it was just it was horrible and I manifested something great and it gave me the opportunity to sort of finally uh, heal and um, what I I left medical school with what was on again and off again a, a chronic condition in my in my life and I. Um, had about 100 about 70 more pounds on me 150 symptoms i was in the er multiple times. multiple multiple times i mean i have four inch binders you know that we've scanned in the of all the medical tests and um and i won't go into all the healing but that's kind of how i got into um combine the you know i combine a lot of neuroscience and spirituality into what i do in life but i I, uh, but I had a opportunity to, to finally heal and, you know, and, and she says sometimes, you know, that, and I believe that she was sort of my divine guidance into being able to have someone sage who would just would not judge me, not, not scold me, not, you know, I, I changed um, out of a six figure corporate career that I, I leveled up significantly, you know, multi six figure and I left it into entrepreneurship, you know, and, and I did social media and I did Ivy therapeutics, many spa, and I did some speaking and coach coaching and, and, and then some of it in between, I kind of did nothing because I, my wheels were spinning a lot because I couldn't get my body to do what I needed it to, to do. And I had nightmares and I was up, uh, I was frustrated and I was, I was in a lot of, um, fight or flight all the time and it was not fun and while I never lashed out at her I was I was I was angry and I was mm. you know because I'm a dreamer like I'm a I'm a deep I'm a five-year-old dreamer that that's just it, that will not release in me mm. I have big dreams and um she's she supported those you know mm. and it, it was like you know we were eating into our savings and because I was like wanting to buy into certain programs that would help advance my own career as a, as a coach and, and do other things, you know, and, and do these business things and they cost money. And, um, I can relate a lot. She always supported everything. Mm. No matter what it was. <laughs> mm. I can relate a lot, brother. I've had a relationship end because I was in that dreaming and spending and, and it, I saw the vision and things weren't coming together yet. And Brandy, how did, what was that like for you uh, to kind of like for him to leave that certain income mm -hmm. and, you know, comfort to taking a chance on himself um, and then it taking time? <laughs> how did that, what was that like for you? So, when we made the decision, um, the best part is he, he got into this job. It was a biopharma company and he was doing, you know, 
development, business development. And they said the travel be 50%. And we're like, that's, that's doable. And um, we could, we could do that. The babies were, I don't know, a year old. No, no, no. Six, six months, months old. They were six months old. Um, and then it quickly turned. And the nice thing is we got a few trips with the babies in the beginning um, with him out to San Diego and San Francisco. So we were kind of excited. Then it quickly turned to 80%. Well, one moment of pause again. Uh, another thing that we, we make a lot of like, we make a lot of um, what we feel like is a, our opportunities to do things together. And we just made a commitment. Like if I'm going to travel more than three or four days, we're always going to travel as a family. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. We do things. We do things together. Like we always take each other to the airport. All those things. I don't mean to interrupt your story, but I was like that. Just yeah, that was important. Yeah, but those are important things that we decided when he was, you know, doing the more of a travel role. Um, and so then he, the, the travel quickly increased about what eighty percent. He was yeah. gone. It was to the point where I would have a suitcase ready for him when he got home to turn around and go right back out. And he's, you know, again, there's six month old babies at home missing a lot taking a lot of video of them rolling over and and laughing and I'm doing all of it at home because I got to stay home the first year that was the commitment we made was that I would take a year and be home with them and he would work um I've always liked work so it never bothered me to be a work I also learned very quickly I, I am not designed to be a full-time stay-at-home mom <laughs> um I commend people who can do it and that's in their personality that's in their wheelhouse um but I felt like I lost myself in it and I didn't have a lot of um, other topics to talk about. It was just like, okay, well, I changed the diapers today and rocking some bottles. Um, How did you transition out of that? Yeah. So I actually had a company start pursuing me. So it all, I think was mm -hmm. some, some universe giving us some, some blessings because um, right around the time that it was about the year mark, right around the kids turned a year, I had a company really start heavily pursuing me. Um, it was a central lab, which is, for clinical trials and it's the work I've done before. I did it for five years. And so they wanted me and I made some pretty steep demands um, that I, I would not travel. I, I absolutely would not travel. And you know, that I needed flexibility and I needed autonomy. Um, so not only being flexible, but I needed to be autonomous. So I report to someone, but I don't report to someone. And uh, they met my demands. And so right around, I was right, actually the year mark, I think I cried when I accepted the offer because I knew it meant the end of being home full time, but it was a completely remote position. It's just, we were gonna need some help obviously at this point. Um, so what we decided is we would give the job six months. And if I was happy with my decision to go back to work, then he could quit his corporate job. And six months came and went, and he literally was on a trip to Wisconsin, which from Indiana is a drivable distance, like four or five hours. And on that drive, he called me and he's like, I'm fed up. This is it. I'm quitting. And I'm like, of all the trips, not your multi-city where you're hopping on five or six planes. It's literally the four-hour drive that should be the easiest of all your trips. <laughs> straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. So yeah. that was the one that did it for him. Um, mm -hmm. So at the beginning, I thought, you know, we really made some decisions. We budgeted everything out. So it was planned. It was planned. Mm -hmm. um, admittedly, I thought that entrepreneurship would not be as uh, rocky <laughs> as it is. That's what most people think. <laughs> um, I'm a planner. I'm a project manager. I organize. I, I mean, I have this 
whole monthly budget with different budget scenarios in terms of our monthly income outside of mine. You know, I have mine that mine steady, but then with his, I'm like, okay, what if it's this amount per month? What if it's this amount per month to help us out? Um, and yeah, but you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. it there's, it is not easy. It is not for the faint of heart. What was um, it like su- supporting him through all of that? Because did, you, you did have a job at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I've, I worked, um, I worked in corporate for five years. I, I just almost two years ago, I left, went to a consulting firm in the, and in the middle of, in COVID, the middle of COVID, COVID left a 10,000 person company and went to an eight person company. <laughs> That's what we as floors do. We always do things that like, you know, sort of rub against the grain of common sense, but, hey, I, but you got to make the leap, man. You, you got, if you want big things, you can't just always do what everybody else is doing. So this was a good gig. Um, I again, got pursued. And it was by someone I had worked with um, in one of my earlier career days. And he remembered my skills and he actually wanted me to be the first person in his company, but he literally started it when I had the babies and he Mm. couldn't ask me to do that, be that risky. And so anyway, um, so supporting Neil through this, honestly, I I didn't think the support part was hard. I thought that was easy because how, for me personally, how can I not support someone chasing their dream? It's, to see him in corporate and in the sales, he was good at it, you know, and I think he would do it. And I think he'd even go back to it if I really, really just asked him to, but it's really hard to ask somebody to go back and do something they're not passionate about. And when he coaches or when he's on stage and he's speaking, um, or even this, you know, newer adventure with commercial real estate, he, he just gets excited and he lights up and his voice changes, his tone changes. And so, it's hard not to support someone in that endeavor. I am not going to say I've never freaked out because I absolutely have. I absolutely freaked out when we started withdrawing from our savings. Um, I have recently been like, babe, I want to retire. <laughs> um, but I have a lot of unwavering faith. Mm. We have a very strong commitment. And I think I just know that my internal energy also affects this. Mm-hmm. So if I'm over here freaking out that we're going to be scarce and we're going to go downhill and he's over here in abundance, the universe is going to deliver something very rocky to us. But if I get on board and I internally believe that we are abundant and we are successful and we are doing this and he has the same belief, then I think the universe will deliver that abundance and that success and that that rocket ship that we're looking for. I think that's one of the tenets of our relationship too, is that a lot of people have, a, they have, they think they have agreement, but they don't have alignment. So, so they're not, they're not aligned. They may on the surface go, okay, I agree. And I agree. But alignment is what is it going to take? What is it going to take of me personally? How do I have to show up every day? What do, what kind of support do you need emotionally? Do I need emotionally? Like all those things, right? All those pieces and parts that like, put you know obviously we live our our lives very spiritually by the way we talk but it's like if if you can't if you're not showing up as the person that you want to be um already emotionally mentally physically you're you're just never going to get there or 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 i should say the road to there is going to be freaking rocky as hell and and Mm -hmm. you know um this this work that we do internally and even entrepreneurship it's it's like it's white knuckling turbulence sometimes right and if you don't if you don't have connection between you and support system between you, it's, it's going to be tough. And one person is going to get victimized 
and then they're going to fall away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Randy, the level of, you, you mentioned faith, but also uh, trust and almost like feminine surrender to mm-hmm. Neil's leadership and then just believing, okay, cool, let's do it. Even when it was rocking you, how did, I, I just have a question for you of how did you get to that? Because I know as, like Neil, you, that brought you to tears earlier. And I know every man uh, craves that, whether they're conscious of it or not. And I know a lot of women aspire to be in that beingness. Like, how did how did you do that? Or what 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 was gave you the ability or the op- opportunities to do that? Because that's a muscle of the heart. Thank you. She has a really um, big, unique heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think. I don't know if I know exactly what it was inside of me. It's just this alignment, this core belief, you know? Um, And I think that I feel strong enough and I feel convicted enough that if I really felt like our family was going off course, you know, from a financial or whatever decision, we would, I would be strong enough to say what's needed. But I think when you see someone happy, it just makes your heart happy. Mm-hmm. And how can I ask someone not to be happy? I, I, I had enough family grief, you know, going through that, that to be honest, like it's, how could you not want someone just to be happy? Um, his, his childhood, Neil's childhood was not amazing. Um, it was very tumultuous and, and rocky and I don't know, traumatic traumatic that I had to learn. I had to learn a little bit about what that was like because I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have the trauma um, in that regard. I didn't have the physical, the emotional and the mental. I didn't have any of that, but he did. And I didn't learn about it in the beginning of our relationship. It really came along the way. Um, Not that he was withholding, but just, I think as our relationship progressed, um, more started to come out, especially when we just, when his physical symptoms were starting to manifest more, that to me is what prompted, you know, some of these conversations around what happened at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you hear that someone, and he's told me this a million times, he just wants to play. He just wants to have fun. He didn't get to have fun. And I know that he has fun when he coaches or when he's doing these big dreams. And so if that's the gift I can give him, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Why would I ask him to go do something else? And I think that's just part of who I am as a person is, you know, I want, I do, I want harmony. I want love. And I want, you know, I, I want to live this life. I figure if I only have one shot on this earth and this body form that I'm in, I better go for it. And I better have something fun. And if it means this, I clearly was attracted to him for a reason. The universe brought somebody who's going to shake my world periodically and do things outside the norm okay, let me just tighten my belt a little bit and, and we'll go. So I think it's just, it's that it's part of who I am innately. And it's what I want for him. That's beautiful. When you love someone, you want the best for them. Yeah. Amazing. I love y'all's commitment to each other and uh, both individually, like following your own, your own sovereign desires and each other as a partnership too. I think that that's beautiful. Um, and I can see the heart that y'all have in that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, 
while we've been talking a lot about the rough times and how you made it through that, what are the good times? Like, what's a highlight reel from your relationship? That moment, I just felt so connected to you and God and myself and. Oh my gosh. We were actually talking about this last night. We yeah. had our highlights, some of our highlights. Travel is, well, travel comes as a big one. Um, you know, with, there's so many cool moments of travel. I think um, definitely our engagement story, you know, was, was one, you know, if I can. We've got time, Sherry. Okay. But I, I, I can, I can even, you know, sum it up a little bit more. But yeah. Basically um, once again, one of our, one of our core principles that I didn't even realize we were doing it, but we were doing it. It's like, you know, we were having these discussions where she had a difference. I had a difference and we relieved the tension. And then again, it's like, it doesn't effing matter at, at the, in the end, what shows up. Right. Because it's like the most important part is you have understanding. And so I was just walking around one day and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to marry her. That's what she wants. If that make her happy, and I know, I know it's not that big, big a deal to me. Sorry. <laughs> Y'all go get it if you need to. It's okay. I feel like it's our neighbor kid. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I got a okay. nine foot. You need to second. go in the crate, dude. <laughs> Thankfully, I got an editing team, so they'll be, they can cut this. Okay. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, we'll lay down. Just have a lane here because it's yeah, quiet. Lay down. Our dog barks every time. Oh, yeah. Amazing neighborhood, and all the kids want to come play over here. And so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. So um, he has an editing team, by the way. That we'll yeah, take yeah. So yeah. we'll cut that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, our, our, after I relieved the tension of just not wanting to be married or, or be married, I just, it just downloaded to me. I'm just like, let's, let me just, you know, I know it'll make her happy. And for me, it, it you know, I just knew that I, I still don't to this day wear a ring because I want to choose her every day. Right. I don't want a mm. commitment. Um, cause I've seen what just because people are married doesn't mean that they, um, I don't want an obligation. I want to, I want a choice. And so, um, we went to celebrate our two-year anniversary and we decided to make gifts for each other. And we went down to a place here in Indiana, which is the like the largest freestanding sort of cement dome kind of thing. It was built by multimillionaires. Um, it's a beautiful kind of hotel um, and they have some English gardens there. And so she made me a photo book of the last two years of- I stuck to the rules of the game, yes, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I actually made something. <laughs> I made some, well, I kind of made some kind of. Yes. And um, so I, I, I enrolled the, ho- the, hot, the uh, hotel staff and basically I took her out. It was lightly raining and um, to this English gardens and we walked along some English gardens. There's this open cement veranda. The sides were open and down that cement veranda were two, two lane strips of, of candles. And at the end of it was a, a small white ta- table with white tablecloth and some champagne and, and fruit and a boombox, like a little um, iPod um, player. Like boombox. I said, I boombox. Good Lord. Um, that's seriously dating me. Um, so, and we, we danced and then there was a gift in one of the chairs and I had wrote a poem that one of her friends had done a piece of art of us and then she had onion skin that in the, in the sky of the, 
of the painting because it's us on a, on a hill just laying on a hillside and uh, I just I talked to her for a little bit and I sang her sang to her which I sang to her like it like singing is an important part of, of who I am I sang to her this the song Bill Withers there ain't no sunshine when you're gone and um, I got down on one knee and um, I proposed to her and she said yes and yeah it was it was, it was fun it was it was it was amazing it felt it felt like something out of a movie yeah it really did I was like I really lived in this so yeah there's been so many highlights though yes um, I mean not just even the big ones I mean our wedding was amazing uh we we did a destination um again for any we very much sat down and asked ourselves what do we want to experience on our wedding day that was what we did and we literally wrote down a list of what we wanted to experience on our wedding day because a lot of times what you hear is I didn't get to eat I'm so tired I'm fighting I'm, you know that people are upset or the couple's fighting because things didn't go right and we're like to us the chairs don't matter <laughs> to us you know um, I don't care if the flowers are perfectly placed and then I struggled with just the cost alone not because the wedding isn't important or that you shouldn't spend that much that's totally mm -hmm. personal I personally was thinking about what we wanted to trade our money for. And we decided that we wanted to experience being present. We wanted to experience love. We wanted to be just completely free and happy. And then um, we made a list of who had to be at the wedding. And the mm -hmm. only person, the only person that made this, the list as the most important person was my dad because he was still alive. Mm -hmm. And so we did destination. Um, we got permission for him and his doctors that he could come down. So we did Jamaica yes. and his family, um, his parents and brother and his brother's girlfriend, and then my parents, my brother and my grandma got to come. And to put a quick pause, the Indian wedding is like, you know, sometimes several days long and there's, you know, there's so much multiple preparation and everybody's bit busy and all that. And my mom came down and she's like, what do I do? And I'm nothing. like, I'm like, have yeah. fun. <laughs> like, you do nothing. You get to just relax. Still to this day, that is the best vacation she's ever had, period. Yeah. Wow. So it was just fun. We got married on the pier or the the, the dock or something like that. And and um and I don't know. It was just it was beautiful. And the fact that my dad got to be there would be always a highlight to this day. We had a balcony over the sea. We had we had a butler, had a butler. For, yeah, <laughs> for for 13 days. It was like it was freaking amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. So many travel highlights for Valentine's Day one year. He rented a limo and it just drove us around Indianapolis to, to these different like hot spots. And we got to have like dinner. Then we got to have like dessert. Um, and he picked me up from like work, so it was like a total surprise. It was pretty cool. Nice. Um, Colts game. So I love football, and he's gotten on board with my uh, maybe slightly fanatic uh, <laughs> style. And so we got to go to a playoff game when the Colts played Kansas City and they were down by like 30 some points and they came back second half and won. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I slapped the kid next to me because I was so excited. I'm like, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, got a little excited. Yeah, that, that was amazing. And then one year we went, we, uh, we went to um, Seattle and um, we booked a boutique hotel. And when I got to the, to the, and I love seafood, like, uh, like no other. And we got to the, the hotel and there was like a cake and a card she had arranged and champagne in the room or whatever else. And that was like a total surprise for my birthday. You know, we, yeah. we rode the ferry in and out of the, the of, of Puget Sound Bay there and, mm -hmm. and ate great 
seafood and and ethnic food you know and visited one of my mentors while we were out there it was, it was like super fun that that was an amazing trip and then I would say um we we combined a trip where I where we just I got to play in so many ways we went to see the last space shuttle launch oh yeah yeah and it was just like I've been a fan of the space program since I was a wee little lad you know and uh it was just effing amazing it was it was really it was so cool and then on the back of that we went to Disney and um I remember as a child we went to Disney one time my dad was not real big in spending money but we did go to Disney one time and we saw this thing called the electric parade and they don't do it very often anymore but they just happened to be doing that well I don't believe in luck but they were doing that this year and I got to sit there and I felt I had a five, I had some stranger's five-year-old in my lap because some little boy, some little boy <laughs> sat in my lap and, and, and his mother was like fine with it because he could get a better view. And I sat there and tears rolled down my eyes and I was just like in awe. Like I just completely transformed. Like my heart was in total coherence of like, you know, being a kid again. And it yeah. was just, and, but we had, we had fun like that. Like yeah. we, we ran around as and people are like, why do you go to Disney so much? You're adults. And I'm like, oh, it's fun. He's like, oh. I'm like, dude, do you really hear yourself asking that question? Go to Disney yeah. because they're half the parents, you know? And yeah. They're struggling because it's it's a lot to manage with kids. And right. we got to do it several times before we had kids. And honestly, our kids love it. We've taken them. Oh, uh, they've gone, they've so gone multiple times. times. That's awesome. Like, four or five <laughs> yeah, times now. It's embarrassing. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, we just have, we have tons of highlights. I mean, we've been together 15 years, uh, married. This will be our 13th anniversary coming up next month. Eating, um, eating pizza outside the, 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 the Coliseum, Coliseum in, in Italy. Italy. Oh, wow. You know, going, oh, going, going through the canals in Venice, meeting up with her in Germany and, and us going to Barcelona, you know, on, a, on one of my business trips, you know, where we got, got to eat great seafood and, and we had this night, um, by the sea and there was this what was it called that, that club DLC. it's like it was like asian fusion by the sea and all these chicks were like wearing these like komodo kind of things and they would come by and like they would give you like a shoulder shoulder massage and like neck <laughs> massage while we were eating and it was like it was so random back and you could sit on these huge lounge chairs that you would do where you could recline with like pillows and stuff and but the food was the food. so good <laughs> we loved to we love to eat. Like that's one of the things. Uh, we, we can any place we can find a meal. You know, it's surprising that we're not like a hundred more pounds. I know. So, uh, yeah, but just just um, the best is remember when we left CDLC, we were in our cab and we're driving. Like you have to drive around a corner to get to the main road, and our cab driver, um, we were just kind of chat chatting, and we made a comment about McDonald's, and he kept saying, "Oh, McDonald's." But anyway, so that wasn't the funny part. But we were driving around the corner and there was this like naked man walking down the street. And for minutes, you and I were just laughing because there was this like old naked man just walking down the street in Barcelona, just, I don't know, doing his oh, thing, wow. I guess. Yeah. Freedom. <laughs> so, yeah. Tons and tons of highlights, little things at home, tons of little things. Obviously, the birth of our children. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 that, that, that was definitely amazing. But, you know, one thing that comes to mind that, that you know, I kind of let go in some of my in some of my wellness wellness journey, but and we're definitely focused on bringing back was just so many little things that we would do. Like you know, she had a birthday, and I, I hung lights in a corner and made a little pillow for, and I read her um, a kids book, you know, mm -hmm. and we both got into pajamas, you know. So it doesn't 
it's just like taking time enough to imbibe some of those little moments like you know because because that that really makes a difference I mean going we have some nice stuff and you know we live a fairly abundant life um you know of course it, like everybody's this disease it's never enough you know um but but for us it's like you know grinding into those little moments like um how we always took each other to the airport like to this day not we have like 99% no matter who went to the airport we always made it work that we pick each other up and we leave each other or that we will always sneak into other, others notes if we're if for, mm -hmm. for traveling or whatever else you know um of the kid uh, we had a nanny for two years and we two and a half years three years and she we blew her mind because she didn't grow up in this but she goes every morning you guys have like something good to say each other and you hug each other and you're like I'm glad to see you how did you sleep you know and the kids are really polite that way too they wake up and they're like good morning daddy good morning and they'll come around and say, how did you sleep how did you sleep you know I love you daddy it's good to see you today you know and it's it's amazing to see that's one of the things that I see is 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 like who we are as a functional unit people lose themselves in children and it's like this unit this inside and, and we tell them sometimes it's not you time it's mommy daddy time or this is food is not for you or or i'm taking i'm i'm taking time to because i have emotions or i need to take care of myself right and all those things so they get an idea that you're not a martyr as a as a, an adult and especially as you have kids we saw so many people like kids and they're completely the iron curtain fell and they were just like nobody anymore mm. um, and it's not it's not always easy <laughs> yesterday i was trying to do meditation in a car because i was kind of a little triggered and amped up and they <laughs> one of them had to still go use the bathroom and i was losing my cool a little bit <laughs> so i don't and people listening to the podcast it's not all easy it doesn't always no. flow but um, we have lots of resets and a lot of a lot of good things to fall on, fall back mm -hmm. on. So I know we can talk about highlight reel for a long time. That, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> a lot of years. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, no, I, I, again, like I love how y'all go out of your way to for the for the travel to be with each other, light each other up, to create those moments with each other. Like that's amazing um, and really a, an inspiration and admirable. So thank you for sharing mm -hmm. all of that. Um, yeah. Two questions that I ask every one of my guests towards the end is, first off, I would like to hear from you individually is what is your definition of love? Definition of love. I think my definition of love, or I know my definition, not think, I know my definition of love is just that unconditional support and desire for yourself and for the person that you're with to and you know to lift them up to be there for them it's it's not one thing it's not just this one thing that i think love is i think love is it really 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 um captures and, and it's a part of our whole life and i think love initiates and starts in our heart and our emotional system and our heart center and through that you just learn you know to love yourself and that is accepting and supporting and lifting up and then that's what really I think translates to other people and we very much focus on we love each other in a relationship but everybody's important in this world and and I think that that's how you kind of think about 
you know, how you can translate love outside of just like your unit. Um, so yeah, I think it's a diffuse way of answering. <laughs> it's okay. Um, wow, it's, it's, a, it's a really awesome question. And it's, um, I feel like it's redefined itself so many ways and just depending on how we've been and where, where we've been in the relationship and what's been going on. But, you know, for, for me, when I think about, when I think about love, um, it's, it's a simple, it's, it simply comes down to like an example I can, I can give is like, it's treating someone better than you, you treat a stranger. It's having it's having a non-conditional way of responding and supporting that person. It's like to this day, if she asked me to go get a glass of water for her when she when I'm tired or whatever else, I don't do it begrudgingly. I don't, you know, sigh and go, oh, I'll get it and, and whatever else. I do it from a place of that I'm that I I want to give to myself. But I think one of the things that people leave out in the loving equation is, is that you're also training yourself on how to love yourself at the same time as well. Yeah. Right. And if you do things in that way, you learn, you learn to teach yourself that this is how you love you as well. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I just, I, you know, in, in 15 years of relationship, I've never even like consciously thought of like, I want like some, like words really matter. And if you say a word, you know, they can affect a person a whole life. So I've never even thought about her in a derogatory way because that would be like putting her, putting my vibration, my internal vibration in a place where I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to like who I was showing up as, yeah. right? So I think love is just as much about who you're showing up for, but how you are showing up for you as well. And I think that's one of the big missing pieces of the equation. Definitely. Awesome answers. Uh, this is more of a fun question, which is if your relationship was to be turned into a movie, what would be the title? Well, let's not have this be the Seattle where I had to decide. We went to Seattle for his birthday. This goes back a pretty long time. Anyway, we went to this museum where you got to be like a rock fan and yeah. we had to come up with a title and I got so stuck. It took like 20 minutes for me oh, no. to find the title. So which what was the title? Just, you yeah, I would have, in 20 minutes, I would have named 150 things. So. <laughs> I was so worried about getting it right. And I was like, so, yeah. and he was just like, oh no. God, he's like, anything, just name anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, what, what would the title of our relationship movie be? Um, gosh. You can use the Love Rocket. Yeah, is that what yeah. is that what you that, want that, that's, the... a, that's a good one it would be called the love rocket yeah love that. that we we have this relationship credo that we we mm -hmm. we, we, we wrote, wrote it a wrote, long time ago wrote, written it out and i've shared it with a few people and people have said why the hell aren't you um using this as a program for coaching but we call it the love rocket but it's called the love rocket so yeah that's what it's it like a, like a like a credo for your relationship of like yeah, yeah. It's, it's like written out, like, I don't want to call yeah. it tenants, but it's just a way of like, you know, what we respect in each other and that, you know, kind of like when you do vows, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you vow certain things to each other, but we also realize that vows are kind of like in that one moment of time and you don't yeah. write every single tiny thing. And so, yeah, we just, um, and there it is. Yeah, if, I mean, I don't, don't know if you want me to to share it with you or now I can, I can, I can read it. Yeah, I mean, is it long? Is no, it, it's not super it's long. Not. Yeah. Okay. So let us 
Oh, here, you read it. Cause... Okay. It says, let us find ourselves every day with clarity of mind to create our next possibility. We move into action inspired by the prices that we choose to pay, increasing those actions with simplicity. We freely find ourselves in play, laughter, and romance, that we are the sources and we own the health and quality of our bodies and relationship. The brightness of our combined inspiration burns off pain, unworthiness, and negativity. That light warms us and nourishes us to never give up on our dreams. Our relationship is a wonderful mix of childlike play, beautiful friendship, authentic romance, responsible giver of care. Springing eternally is a place we create to be vulnerable, naked, open in a way that leaves no footprint of scorn or guilt. Finally, that we passionately and purposely enjoy our physical company at every available moment from touch to sex, leaving no room for doubt about the desire of the other. And we have um, core um, attributes that we kind of align with, and we have strength, health, commitment, connection, creation, and contribution. Amazing. So. Uh, y'all, y'all have got y'all. Let me. I noticed that the first part of that talked about clarity. You're definitely clear, <laughs> <laughs> which I think comes from the communication and then like the inner work that y'all have done together with like the personal development stuff and doing that together. I think, um, yeah, I, it's just so beautiful to witness. And thank you, uh, thank thank you for you. being here. So one of the things also at the end is I pull my audience. So for those of you listening, you can always ask questions um, to Instagram, also in the Heart Gang app. And these are questions from my community um, for the podcast. And so I want to pick three to ask y'all right now. Um, And it's kind of hard to pick because there's so many good questions. We covered a lot. Um, Do you think that everyone's meant to be in a longstanding relationship like you? No. I think, I think one of the things that is true about parenthood and relationships and is people just need to find out what, what it is they want and where they are, where they are in their path. And so I don't, I don't think that everybody is, has the makeup for where they're at right now in the, in the point in their life. Um, And they need to understand what they need to overcome, you know, uh, to, to have, to have those things. So we, we get in reverse order in society. We push people to, to, to points of, of, of accomplishments without really understanding what the person needs to get there. So I think the more important piece is it's where you are in your life in that moment, right? Every moment is going to be different. And so maybe where that person is right now, the longstanding relationship isn't there. Does everyone deserve the opportunity to have the happiness and the love and the commitment of, of others? Absolutely. Um, does that mean it's going to equal, uh, you know, a 35, 40 year marriage? Maybe not, but I don't think there's right or wrong in it. I don't think there's good or bad in it. Um, I think it's, and I think it's also about where people are in their lives and expect or respecting where they are and doing the work to get whatever it is they want. And that's part of it is just knowing what it is that you want. Yeah. Beautiful. Second question is how do you move on from fights or disagreements? You know, I, I think one of the things that has helped us a lot is we don't have a, a tally box. We don't keep score. And it's more important for us to be right than to, to it's more important for us to be, <laughs> so it's more important for us to be, <laughs> be happy than be right. Mm. And, and, you know, having that in that order is super important. 
But I think I think also anytime we've had disagreement, we've had conversations and we have, it's been 15 years. And as individuals, you grow, right? I we are not the same people we were 15 years ago. And then we're also we're we meshed two lives together from two very different backgrounds. And then we are learning to navigate and to allow into you know whatever's coming up for each other. Um, that's going to bleed into your relationship, right? Because things from his childhood bleed in or things from my, you know, examples. But then as we've had disagreements and they just do exist, um, I feel like we always have done a really good job about speaking respectfully to each other. We've never called each other a name. Um, in fact, we don't yell at each other, but we, we can get, but you can get passionate. You can be passionate without yelling because, you know, and I think that's important too. But at the end of it, we always seem to come into that moment where you just sense the love and the connection. And it may be holding hands. It may be a hug. Um, it could be a range of things. But at the end of the day, I think we just, we both know what we want and we both know that we're committed. And I think that always leads you back to that connection. So we move on by simply um, allowing the conversation to, to progress, knowing, and this is the part that I've had to learn over and over and over again, um, is just because you have it once doesn't mean it's done. It's not a checkbox. I'm not, you know, my project management skills can't necessarily tackle that piece. It's, you know, gotta be organic and over, but then that you have that love and respect for each other that you can just, you know, continue in your day. And what he's done a good job of that is reminding me that, hey, 85% of our relationship or 95% is amazing let's work on this piece. And I think that also takes the stigma away that if there's this problem, that it's going to blow everything up. Because you're highlighting that, like, this is kind of small in comparison. Right, right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's taking it that it's important, but out of our totality of our whole relationship, this is the piece we need to work on, not this entire bucket. You know, we have 90% great. Let's let's work on this 10%. And guess what? In six months or a year or two years, there might be another version of it that 10%. But there'll always be something to work on. And again, in my in my uh, examples growing up, that wasn't super obvious to me. Um, so I've definitely you know had to work through that in our relationship. And he's had to be patient with me as I, I'm like, but we talked about it, it's great. And he's yeah. like, um, no, we have to still work through it. I'm like, oh crap, okay. <laughs> so you know, and to this day, I mean, to be honest, to this very day for your listeners to this very day, we still work on that kind of stuff um, because we're humans and we have emotions and it's going to come up, but that doesn't take away what we have. And it doesn't negate the amazing pieces that we do have in our relationship. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Last question is, is it normal to want space frequently, but at the same time, want love and appreciation expressed just as often? Does that make me contradict myself or have some sort of personal issues or that I have to resolve? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to answer that question for us because, because we just, we like to be around each other an annoying amount of time. <laughs> it, 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 and I think I would think, you know, I, I understand that, that everybody's di di different, you know, in that, that regard. Um, the only thing that I would challenge people on in terms of their needs for space is that I think it's good to take time and, and think and, and work work through things. But I, I, I often think that people needs people need space because um, they just want to escape rather than deal mm -hmm. with something. 
Yeah. yeah. I think what I would, I don't think there's anything wrong with space. I think it's the intention behind the space. Is it you're wanting to do self-care, like a meditation, a workout, whatever else, or um, are you avoiding, you know, company? Some people might need it to recharge, to be their best version of themselves. They might need a little bit of space to do that recharging so they can be the best partner, the best parent, the best friend or whatever else. So um, I think, you know, what I would say in that particular question is that, you know, they also mentioned they expect or want the love and affection at the same time. And so again, just having that low expectation is really important. And so I highly recommend anybody that's in a relationship to read, um, you know, they can read relationship books. There's, you know, the five love languages that we we've read and we remind each other what our love language is to this day. We still remind each other because we forget or not even forget, but just the more we put our blinders on, um, and so when I think about that question, I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with space. There's nothing wrong with wanting love and affection, but the communication and the expectation, I think is going to be even more important behind that question. And that, and then knowing why you want your space. So the self-work for yourself, but then the communication for your partner. And so that way you can make sure that you are, um, what do we say? We just have um, aligned agreement and alignment. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you all for taking time today and thank you. Uh, being here. Like it, it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to interview y'all. You're really inspiring. I can just sense the love and fun and adventure that y'all have together. Uh, I just want to say thank you for being on the show. Any last words for people that are tuning in? Uh, you know, I was, I would say love is worth it. You know, um, keep reopening your heart. It, the biggest challenges and, and, you know, I've had to work through these things is that if you have something that's happened to you, um, you can't selectively just feel the good stuff and not feel the bad. You've got to feel it all. Yeah. It is worth it. I think life is worth it. Life is worth going out there and live. And part of living is opening your heart up. And part of opening your heart up is to love. And whether that's through partner, through marriage, through whatever, just, it's worth it. And it's okay to open yourself up. Um, coming from someone who closed himself down for a while once you start to reopen it's like colors get more vibrant the world gets happier um things come alive again and it's it's worth it even through the tough times um in fact those i think sometimes become the more beautiful moments because it really makes you appreciate all of the other moments you get to that another level of love that you just didn't know existed you know um the beginning of relationship is awesome but it I'm just sorry to say it is no, does not even freaking hold a candle to, to what you can experience once you move through some of these things that um, are painful and well, challenging. I was thinking like, <laughs> I mean, when you're in the newness and everything, it's, it's fun and exciting and you're learning and this and that. And then here we are, I don't know how many years later, and we were just dying laughing, trying to get up our house. So I had to get upstairs when I was um, nine months pregnant with the twins and I'm only five foot tall. So I had nowhere to go but out, but I could not hardly get up these stairs and it was hurting. My uh, ligaments were hurting and he was literally under me, like hoisting me up the stairs. We were cracking up so hard, but that to me is more fun and more enjoyable because than it was in the beginning, because it's just such a different experience and you're so comfortable and you're so like, you couldn't imagine doing it with anybody else. And that's the piece that I love is that I just could not imagine these experiences with anybody else. Amazing. And cut there.
that's it. Thank you all so much. Yeah. Can you give me, I want to wrap up with you, but can you give me 30 seconds? I'm starting to see yellow and I just need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. I'm going to end this recording because this is going to be good. Um, Mm